Let's give it up for the band leading us in worship. It really doesn't get better than Oh Holy Night. Um, I hope that you guys have enjoyed the service thus far. I know that the pre-service festivities were a hit. If you are an adult and you didn't have a chance to take part in the elf races, uh, you need to go check that out. Um, good times. Also, I want to take a moment. Uh, this is the first um, Christmas service at our new location, and it took... 20 years to get here. And so can we just give God a round of applause? We are so excited. We are so excited to be able to share Christmas with you guys. And I'm going to take a brief moment because I know it is a family service and it's only a certain amount of time before the natives get restless. Um, but we've been going over a series called Priceless for the last several weeks. And really, we were aiming at Christmas, and we wanted to think about all the things in our lives that are priceless, because it's during this holiday season that we get to sit around and reflect. And I know that when it comes to our, our marriages, right, I mean, when you've committed the rest of your life to someone in love and holy matrimony, that's truly priceless. When it comes to your children, I know every parent in here, the day that you brought your children home, or, well, you welcomed them into the world and brought them home. Some of you are excited when they leave, but let's be honest, uh, those, those little guys, little girls, they are priceless. When it comes to all the memories that you've made in your home, even if your home has moved around several places, the home is really the family that's inside of it. Those things are priceless. But when we celebrate Christmas, we really are talking about the most priceless thing in all of human history. And that is that God cared enough, right, to come to be with us, to save us. And whenever we're looking at the Christmas story, I wanted to highlight just four quick principles and then we'll be on to the candle lighting, which is my personal favorite because we hand children fire and <laughs> then we just see what's going to happen next. And so very exciting times. Um, but in Luke chapter 2, it says that in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree for a census, and that, that that had to be taken in all the Roman world. And I'm not going to nerd out, but just for all the Bible people in here, um, you know, in all of human history, there was never an empire that was like the Roman Empire. So for people to be able to travel like they were able to do under the Roman Empire, this only existed at this period in time. But before that, it had never existed. So for this to even take place, there was a lot of supernatural things that had to happen. So whenever a census occurred, you had to return to your hometown. And there was a purpose of counting so that, just like in our day and age, there would be taxes. And so we see that a census would have been a very normal thing. But what I wanted to see is that this normal thing was moving Mary and Joseph toward a supernatural experience. And I hope that we might see in that that God is constantly working in your normal. And it might have seemed like a normal invite that brought you to this house of worship. But I hope that you would realize that God is trying to move you towards a supernatural experience. The next thing that happened is when they got there, it says um, in verse 6, while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. Now, I don't know how many moms in here... Um, had a baby on a road trip, but 
I'm just guessing not many. Uh, last night there were three as I counted. So if you had your child in a place that was completely unexpected, just out of curiosity, would you raise your hand real quick and just see one, two... Two it is. Last night still has it. Um, can you imagine back in the olden days of 2,000 years ago having a baby on a road trip? It just seems like that would have been stressful. And if I was Mary, I wouldn't be happy with God that this is the way that he uh, orchestrated things. It says that she gave birth to her firstborn son and she wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger. Now, a manger is the equivalent of a feeding trough. And so if you've ever been out to a farm and they put the grain inside for the cows and the other animals to come and feed, graze, that's what they laid him in. So not, not a crib, okay? Not a little nice little, I don't even know what those things are called at the hospital. I'm a dad. I'm not supposed to know. I just like, take them. And, um, and so they put him in a manger and because there was no guest room available for them. We've often said it in, in old uh, English that there was no room for them at the inn. And so I wanted to make a second point. Uh, there was not enough room, therefore room had to be made for Jesus. And I wanted you to think about that during this Christmas season. I don't doubt that every family sitting in here has a full schedule. I don't doubt that you have bills to pay. I don't doubt that you have deadlines to meet. I don't doubt that you are climbing some ladder that is going towards somewhere. But I want to encourage you that it takes intentional effort to make room for Jesus. He will not naturally fit in anyone's life. It has to be a choice that we make that says, you know what, I know I don't have enough time, I know I am too busy, but there are some things that are more important. So I hope that you would make room for Jesus during this holiday season and in your everyday life. Verse 10, it says, but the angel said to them, to the shepherds, do not be afraid, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you, which is Christ the Lord. He says, the angel to the shepherds, while Jesus is being born over here in Bethlehem, just outside the city, that the angels appeared and they were a little afraid, and I don't have time to read the whole story, but he said that there's going to be good news that leads to great joy. And I don't know where you're at in your life right now, but in a crowd this size, chances are there's going to be people that aren't having a great holiday season. There's going to be some people that are going through some times of loss and some times of sorrow. And sometimes even during the holiday season, we reflect back upon people that are no longer with us. I hope today that if that's you and if your heart is heavy, that you would realize that there is some good news. There's some good news that came 2,000 years ago that was born in a manger in Bethlehem. And that that good news has the ability that if you'll let it work in your life, it will lead to great joy. So it says that the shepherds went to see what the angels were talking about. And the angels said, this will be the sign to you when you'll find the baby wrapped in clothes lying in a manger. It says that when they got there, it was just as he said. And whenever we think about this, I thought, you know, they were going to find God in an unexpected place. Because in all their days of shepherding, they had never came in from the fields and found a baby lying in a manger. It would have been like a, what's what is this, right? It'd been, it'd been you know, I'm not going to make an example. There, anyway, the point being is, is that I think that sometimes God is trying to show up in your unexpected. And when you read the Gospels, he often showed up in the unexpected places. Whenever this woman that was caught in terrible sin, 
Jesus shows up and unexpectedly forgives her. Jesus shows up at Lazarus' funeral and unexpectedly raises him from the dead. Jesus all the time was doing things unexpected. As a matter of fact, he hung out with some very unexpected people called sinners. Matter of fact, he would have probably even hung out with you and possibly me way back in the day. And what amazing, like, like if God, if we all knew your secrets, right, we probably all wouldn't hang out with each other because you'd find out I'm a sinner, you're a sinner, we're all sinners in need of the grace of God. And yet Jesus unexpectedly wanted to have a relationship with everyone in that society and wanted to save them. It says that when he came, the angel said he was the Savior and he was Christ the Lord. And so tonight, maybe you would experience him as those angels did 2,000 years ago, as those shepherds did, as Mary and Joseph did, that he would be your Savior and Christ the Lord. Now, why those two? The Savior part is the substitute we need for our sins. The Bible says that we needed a Savior to take our place. But then when it says Christ the Lord, that's the priest part of Jesus, that he intercedes on our behalf. That because we can't go before God in our sinful state, we needed someone to go for us. And so Jesus is the sacrifice and he's the savior. He's the one that goes before us. And so I hope today, after these shepherds went and visited, it says they went back into the fields and they were high-fiving each other. And listen to this verse. It says, the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which was just as they had been told. I hope tonight, when you return to your homes, that you would go back to your houses glorifying and praising God for the greatest story that has ever been told. We're going to move into the candlelight service. I hope that you guys enjoyed it. There's going to be some time to hang out after service. There's going to be some photo spots. We want you to enjoy all of those things. But when we go into this last part, I would ask that you, if you have small children, now listen, <laughs> we're going to hand them fire and like your job is to watch them, okay? Sometimes parents get lost in the sauce and they're like, Sigh. and there's a fire, okay? <laughs> So I, I'm sorry, this moment is not yours. It is your child's, okay? So let me pray for you, and then we will head into Silent Night. Father, thank you for every family that is here. Thank you for all the parents and the grandparents, God. It is so great that we can get together with our families and worship in a house of the Lord. And we pray, God, that we would all have gratitude, that we would thank you, God, for sending your son to be born in Bethlehem all those years ago, to be our Savior and to be our Lord. And I pray if there's any person sitting in the room tonight that has not accepted Christ, that they would consider this God's Christmas gift to you and receive it by faith. God, we love you and we thank you. And we pray, God, for another good year in God's house. We ask these things in your name. And the church said, amen. amen. Would you guys stand and the ushers will come and help you light your